Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are now certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our best lives by telling one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. This week on the podcast, we have internationally known medical and emotional intuitive and licensed professional counselor with over 30 years of experience, Katie Beecher. Katie has been featured in popular publications, including Goop, and was first exposed to medical intuition at a workshop with famous medical intuitive Dr. Mona Lisa Schultz, where she discovered her unique abilities. With countless testimonials and an insane accuracy rate, Katie has helped people all over the world with their medical ailments. On this episode, we dive into her personal story, tapping into her psychic abilities, and how she helps individuals tap into their own intuition. We also discuss skepticism around medical intuition and psychic abilities in general, and have an incredible discussion that has stayed with us far beyond the conversation. We can't wait to hear what you think of this episode, so don't forget to tag us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness and let us know your thoughts. This episode is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. If you listen to our episode with founder Carly Stein, then you already know how powerful Beekeepers Naturals products are. Beekeepers Naturals is a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. Their mission is to improve people's health naturally and save the bees. Allie and I are absolutely obsessed with these products and I've been using them consistently since December when Carly was on the podcast. So Allie, what is your favorite Beekeepers Naturals product? I love the Propolis Throat Spray. I've used it consistently through the year and it's been my immune system's secret weapon, which makes sense since Propolis is basically the immune system of the beehive and has germ fighting properties. What about you? I love the Propolis too, especially as somebody who always had strep throat and throat infections. It has seriously changed my entire life. (laughs) But with that said, my favorite product is the Bee Chill Hemp Honey. Bee Chill Hemp Honey delivers a powerful 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon so that you can find your bliss. Made with USA grown hemp, it is non-psychoactive and contains 0% THC. I sleep like a baby when I take it before bed and it seriously takes the edge off of my whole day. It also hits the spot when I'm craving something sweet after dinner, which is just an added bonus. If you want to try the Propolis or the Beechel Hemp Honey or any of the other amazing products, you can receive 15% off your Beekeepers Naturals order by using the code Courageous Wellness, all one word, at checkout. Or visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash Courageous Wellness. And you can also find the direct link in our show notes. 
guys. We have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune-boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy-boosting treat to a health-enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom-filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee, and even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout, and there's also a direct link in our show notes. Welcome, Katie. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. To start off, can you tell us a little bit about your personal journey and how it has ultimately led you to the work that you do now? Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, So when I was young, I always knew that I could pick up on people's energy. I always knew that um, I was the oldest, so I was around adults a lot at first. And I always knew what my parents were thinking or what other adults were thinking. And I always got a vibe for people. You know, um, we had a fairly dysfunctional family, so there were um, some negative people around. And I always, you know, was pretty on target. And I eventually started to pick up really negative, like almost evil um, energy from people too, which was really, really scary. Um, But I didn't really know what to do with it. And I didn't feel comfortable talking to anybody about it. And at the age of 11, I was bullied because I developed earlier than my peers. And um, for some reason, they thought it was fun to um, pick on somebody who, you know, um, had breasts and got their period. And so that was kind of torture. Um, But what that did was it caused me to really hate my body Mm -hmm. and turn against my body and, and turn against myself as a female and, I really didn't have too many bad feelings about my body up until that point. And then I went through, uh, you know, going through puberty earlier, you kind of gain weight. So I put on 20 pounds Mm -hmm. and then the day of my first diet or the, yeah, the day of my first diet was when my father said, um, you really shouldn't get that ice cream out of the freezer because you've Mm -hmm. gained weight. And I kind of started on a bit of an eating disorder path at that point. But that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I called my pediatrician and without telling my parents, I was 16 years old. I had been bulimic for a long time. And he, at that point it was 1983. And he said, you know, there's really, it's, you're probably fine. It's not really a big deal. And I knew it was a big deal. I knew that throwing up three times a day was, was a problem and being suicidal on top of it. And I had a car and a job and I got myself to the therapist that he recommended. And that is what started my, my healing journey, basically. Wow. Wow. That's, that's so powerful. And I think a lot of people can relate. I think especially women (laughs) listening can relate, um, to so much. And there's definitely so much I want to unpack, right. With your, you know, ability to really sense people's energies and feelings. I think, I, I think a lot of people also feel that, um, especially when they're younger, but it is scary, like you said. So 
they push it down, right? They, they push it down or they're fearful of it. And so how, how and when did you start to not be afraid of this gift that you had and, and really start to develop and hone it? Was it through your recovery with your eating disorder? Was this all happening at the same time? And I also think it's pretty incredible that, like you said, you knew that this was a problem, even though you were doing it. That just speaks so much. Like, I think that's so hard for so many people, right? It, 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 you get to rock bottom a lot of people before that happens. So, um, or it's somebody else that has to intervene. So again, like this incredible intuition that's always been inside of you that led you to get help, I just think is really really profound. Yeah, I honestly feel like it was divine intervention mm. that that led me to getting therapy because who at 16 calls, you know, a doctor by themselves. I was terrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even after I called the doctor, it took me 3 months to have the courage to call the therapist. But it was a Jungian therapist, Carl Jung is a pretty famous uh, psychologist and he really believed in intuition mm. and in the occult and in mythology and astrology and so their therapists are very open to people connecting with these abilities and they don't look at you like you have three heads so so much of my recovery was connecting with your intuition finding self-love and she taught me that not only did I not have anything to be afraid of with my abilities but that connecting to my intuition was a way of protecting myself and connecting with my true self and connecting with true love and and acceptance. So many of us don't even, can't even accept ourselves. So it was that, that really was the beginning of me realizing that, that I was recovered for a reason and I was supposed to do something with this. And I knew even at that young age that, that this was really meaningful and that the eating disorder was a gift. And what I believe now is what I learned then that with connection to your intuition, self-love and self-acceptance, you can heal from anything. Mm, and I just believe that. Yeah. That's a really, I think, important message to put out there too. And I, I think it's wonderful that you do, especially because, you know, you're saying that you had this fear as you started to become aware of, because you picked up on so much, okay. right? But I wonder, and this is like a bit of a tangent, but we can get back to it. I wonder also, you know, your abilities, your gifts. I think sometimes people, I'm sure there's so many people that like out there are skeptical of these sort of like intuitive gifts that people do have. I've met people with them. Um, and I think that oftentimes is rooted in fear too. Like, well, what if they tell me something that like, I'm not going to want to hear or like, it it comes from way more than just like disbelief. I think it comes from like a place of, fear. And so it's, it's pretty incredible that the person on your path that was put into your path taught you, like empowered you that this was something not to be afraid of. Um, because like you said, you were so young, how, and you have, you have no context for this. Um, so it's pretty incredible that you, you learned that that was a gift and not a curse, right? Right. Right. Also what Jungian therapy does is it teaches you to talk to your eating disorder or talk to Mm. your body in addition to talking to your intuition. So you don't look at the problems as these horrible things you have to fight. You look at them as friends. So your symptoms are your intuition talking to you saying, what are you not listening to in your life? And how are you not listening to yourself? And I think that fear that you were talking about 
that people have that can be skepticism is a fear of their own intuition and and a fear of their own power. And because I'm not, there's nothing special about me. I do have these bizarre gifts, but, but I'm not from another planet. I'm not, you know, I'm just me. And even the medical intuition part that I do when I worked, I'm a licensed counselor also, you know, I worked as a very intuitive counselor for, for many, many years. And then I didn't even know I had the medical intuitive gifts that I have now until about eight years ago. So we all have these things. We use it all the time. We use it if you feel a symptom coming on and you have to decide, do I go to the doctor or do I not? Or, or if you have kids, do my kids, you know, what's going on? So we use medical intuition and intuition all the time. We just want to turn it into something woo-woo and it's not. Yeah. I, I want to get into the work you do as a medical intuitive because I think it's so incredible and fascinating. But one more thing I just have a question on too with sure. this, these gifts that you have, because I think um, even myself, you know, like um, unfortunately my mom, my mom is like a little clairvoyant and my mom is definitely woo-woo. <laughs> so <laughs> when I was, uh, yeah, so when I was a young girl, I, I've always really picked up on people's energy and I can really relate to like it's not like mind reading, but I'm, I'm, I sense like what's about to happen sometimes with people, what they're going to say, how they're going to react. I just, I get these like pretty spot on, um, whatever it comes sure. to me. Right. Yeah, and I, but I think it's interesting because I've always thought I could have explored these gifts more, but re- that when you said like, I would pick up on really evil energy or really negative energy. When I was younger, I would pick up on that and it would freak me out so much that I would literally say in my room, I'd be like, I don't want this. Whatever this is, I don't want this. And I would just kind of ignore this part of me because it was so scary. And um, so how did you work through that? Or if anybody has these intuitive hits, you know, that they're getting, and it might be a little darker. How do you protect yourself from that? Or how did you work through that so that you could get to this incredible work that you are now able to do because you've honored and honed your gifts? That's such a great question. Um, I really believe, and this might sound woo, I really believe, I I do believe in good and evil, you know, love and hate, it's real. And I believe that the people in the world who are doing loving things, who are coming from an, a loving place, that if if evil does have a chance to get in and try to influence us into not being that way, into not spreading love, into whatever you want to call it, I do believe that it, it tries to come in there. Now, does that mean we're in danger? No. Mm. What I mean is that it uses fear. Mm. So my belief about intuition is that it is this force that is connected with God, love, whatever you want to call it, that knows us completely, loves us unconditionally, is always protecting us, and it's always there for us. You know, it always has our back. So if you think about connecting to that force, if you're always connected to that, if you always come from a loving place, you are always protected, no matter what. Love is always more powerful than evil and hate. And if you don't let that fear take over, then you're all, you're all set because nothing can get to you unless you allow it. You know, if you're in a state of maybe addiction or if you are experimenting with, you know, allowing evil into your life and some kind of like bad occult stuff or, you know, unless you want it, it can't get to you. And that's what people have to know is that you have the power. 
know, yeah. you really, you really have more power than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. Right. And it was, it was through working with that therapist that I learned that. That's interesting. That actually parallels a little bit. We, we practice Buddhism, which we talk about on the show sometimes, a, a Japanese yeah. form of Nichiren Buddhism. And this reminds me of the concept in our Buddhist practice that, um, you know, we, we chant and we sort of like align with our highest life condition when we do that. We bring out our highest life condition is the idea. But there's a concept of when you are making great causes for good, um, there will be obstacles that show up and, you know, there's different words for it, like devilish function, negative functions, because sometimes they show up for a reason to like, to help you when you are able to overcome them, to help you continue on your path for what your greatest mission is. So it's like this, it's like the resistance can show up and actually be a gift, but only if you're able to recognize it as that and not let it deter you, not that let that fear or however it kind of manifests, like derail you basically. Or yeah, like that concept too of the negative functions coming up to stop you from whatever the gift that you're supposed to share with the world is. So it's, it's really, it's so, it's very similar. So it's so interesting. So now, right, this work you do as a medical intuitive, was it through your own recovery that you realized I can help other people with my gifts and I want to go into this line of, you know, medical intuition? So that was definitely the start of it when, um, after, you know, through my recovery, I decided to become a licensed counselor Mm -hmm. and I have been one for about 30 years. Sounds Mm -hmm. a long time. Um, but so when I worked with people, it was very holistic. I worked with people with eating disorders. I worked with kids. I worked with sort of a little bit of everything. And I did end up channeling people in my work and, um, I'm a medium too, so their relatives would come through. I just would get information from wherever I could to be helpful. And I did pick up things in their bodies, but not to the extent that I do now. And that really started from um, my mom got really sick. She mm. got a flu shot and became um, paralyzed and blind from that. And wow. which I learned from a lot of research happens more than one would think. Um, her doctors verified that's what it was from. And that's a whole other interesting issue. But So be that as it may, it changed my life because I had to stop my life to take care of her. Um, She spent 10 years paralyzed and she died uh, last year, but it really changes your life when you have to take care of a loved one. And I had been an artist and a therapist and nothing really felt like it had the same meaning as it did before Mm -hmm. what happened to her. So I started looking for something even deeper and more meaningful in my life. And I ended up taking a three-day workshop with a world-renowned medical intuitive, not really even understanding what it was. And she, the first day she said, I'm going to give you a name and an age. Didn't know if it was an animal person, whatever. And I just thought, okay, yeah, this should be interesting. And I ended up being able to really see see these people's bodies and their energy and their characteristics and things about their backgrounds and their childhoods and all these things that I was just, it was blowing me away. Wow. And yeah, it was pretty wild. And by the end of the day, she just said, I'm not sure what you do in real life, but this is something you should pursue. So, you know, fast forward eight years later, and now it's 
it's what I do and it's my career and I combine art and that I give people a um, an energy painting, you know, as well as a report with just their name and age. And it's, it's so amazing to be able to help people all over the world with just, you know, spiritual, emotional, and physical concerns. Wow. That's amazing. That's really interesting. Um, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about an experience that I had with medicine and intuition for myself. And I would love to hear like how, when you work with people now, you know, you're able to read other people or sort of see what's going on with them. I would love to hear like how you express that to them. Like if you, if you pick up on something, but I'm curious, do you also start, like, I'm going to share this because I'm curious to see like how you also help people get in tune with what's going on for themselves. Yeah. Um, And I was like, oh, I've never really thought of it this way. I mean, I've, I've talked about like my, I had a cancer diagnosis a few years ago and it was, I was really, really fortunate. It was a tumor on my back and it showed up though on my skin layer as just like, um, uh, almost like a bruise, just like broken blood vessels, very small. And I had a friend say we were doing a show together cause I'm a performer in my other job. And, um, she was like, you know, I, I saw that bruise, but like, it's not going away. Have you thought of getting it checked? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I don't ever have any, you know, and I had a really bad chest, like virus one winter and I couldn't, it's like three weeks long. So I was like, oh, I got to make sure this isn't an infection. So I went to my doctor, but my doctor wasn't in. It was a different doctor in the practice. And when I saw him, I was like, hey, can you just look at my back too? You know? And he's like, yeah. And he like glanced at it and he was like, eh ignore that. That's nothing. That's maybe like a a cyst or something like that. And I didn't listen to him. And I went back to my doctor who I really trusted. She's amazing. And she goes, you know, I'm not sure what it is, but let's keep an eye on this. Right. And then the next time I went in to see her again, she's like, I have a weird feeling based on my notes. Let's, let's send you to, I ultimately went to dermatology because it went, it showed up on the skin, but then they did a biopsy and then ultimately went to oncology because I had to get surgeries for it. And it was only surgeries and we caught it in like a slow growth stage. It was very rare kind of tumor and we caught it before it hit my muscle. And it was like, ultimately I was very, felt very protected in the whole thing, but I had three surgeries for it. And it just kept blowing my mind that like, had I listened to that initial doctor and not listened to myself, Yes. It could have, like my oncologist kept saying to me, he's like, you got this at the perfect stage. Like, let me show you what the aggressive form looks like. It was sort of like, I was so fortunate because I, there was something inside me that said, eh. like, yep. and there was nothing about me. I was 29 years old at the time. There was nothing about me that was like, yeah, you're going to have cancer. Like there was nothing, exactly. Exactly. You know, it was like out of the blue. But there was something inside me that knew knew to like stick with it and bring it to the right people. And I am so grateful for that because had I not listened to that, and there were other areas of my life that I didn't listen to my intuition and had ignored for a long time. And it wasn't until, it was all around the same time, actually, within a few years. It wasn't until I really started listening to that, that like I felt my life just took like a right-hand turn in like alignment with like the work that I'm supposed to be doing, the kind of relationship I want, like all these types of things. And it was because I had ignored so much for so long, kind of actively ignored it. And 
Um, anyway, so that's a tangent in my story, but I would love like if someone comes to you and is dealing with sort of like weird stuff or medical mystery stuff, or you pick up on something, how do you empower them to like get in tune with their intuition and then not be freaked out by like, Hey, I'm worried that you have something going on, that kind of thing. Right. Um, that's a really good question because like you sort of said, sometimes people are afraid to get readings because they're afraid of what I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. And I make them really, really positive. There's no reason to scare people. And so my readings, um, someone gives me their name and age, and I know nothing else about them. And I create a very extensive report. It's very individualized. It's emotional, physical, and spiritual. So it's every detail about your life um, arranged by the energy centers in the bodies or the chakras. So it, and I have people who come to me for, because they have illnesses, some who know what they have, some who don't. Some people just want to know more about their life or connecting with intuition or want business advice or relationship advice. Or, so it's really a whole spectrum. But the, and sometimes people will come and think they have one thing and then it turns out to be a whole mess of other things or, you know, but I try to, few things are really important to me. One is to get to the root cause. So in your circumstance, there's certainly, there may have been some toxicity issues. Mm -hmm. There may have been, um, you know, what is your intuition and your spiritual self trying to tell you? What do you need to pay attention to? Yeah. Um, I, a lot of people will come to me and I will discover that they're in a really bad relationship that they can't, that they don't feel that they can get out of or they're not standing up for themselves mm -hmm. or they're still dealing with, with trauma from a long time ago that they don't think they can get rid of. Or so there's a lot of emotional and physical or emotional and spiritual things going on. Sometimes it's that they're very intuitive and they're afraid of that and they need to connect to it. Yeah. And, or they need more creativity or whatever the thing is, but there's so many things besides physical, but we look at every single thing in their life and then we say, okay, so first of all, medically, these are the things I'm seeing. I don't make a diagnosis because it's illegal and irresponsible, even though people do that. So I will say, these are the symptoms I'm picking up. And I have physicians, other people that I really trust and work with that I refer to mm -hmm. who can verify what I have found, do extra testing and things. And then I say, okay, so what can we do as far as supplements or exercise or diet or food, or are you not absorbing things nutritionally? So we look at all of that. And then it's, what do you need to address in terms of changes you need to make in your life? Um, how to address your fears? Um, I help people connect to their intuition, depending on you know what they need and what things have worked for me. Um, so it's it's very... It's incredibly individualized, which I really love because I don't, I'm not a big fan of protocols. You know, one size does not fit all. And, and it has to work with people's lives. So, um, but one thing I have to say is there's a lot of people who think they can't trust their intuition. Mm -hmm. But it's actually that they've been afraid of it or that they've pushed it down. And that if you look back, you'll say, you know what? My intuition was telling me things. Right. So I can trust it. I just wasn't listening. Right. So it's, it's a really, you know, I, I meet people where they're at and with a lot of acceptance and love and care and, um, you know, really just trying to look at everything and see where we can take it.
Does that answer your question, I hope? Yes, absolutely. Because okay. I think that also paints a good picture for any of our listeners who may be like, well, what would the experience be like, exactly. right? Like just exactly. giving that sort of practical, yeah, that, that does answer. And for anyone listening as well, including, you know, I think we can benefit from it too. Um, what are some tips and tools that you do give people to tap into their intuition if they have been ignoring it for a while? Um, or yeah, cause it's hard, right? If you love your boyfriend, but you like the relationship isn't working, of course you might want to put that you know, push down your career, you know, whatever it may be. I think it's just hard to face our intuition. So how do you help people? Or are there any tips you can give anyone listening where to begin? Absolutely. So my very favorite technique, which is what I learned when I was 16, and this saved my life, is a written dialogue. And you basically, now you can use this to talk to your body as well. You can use it to talk to people who've passed. So it's a pretty neat tool. And you physically write out a question for your feelings and you direct it to your intuition and you will write out, you know, maybe do you have anything to tell me or um, why is this happening or whatever you want, you know, whatever works for you. Sometimes I'll just, and then ask for feedback, but you write that down and direct it to your intuition. And then you just sit and wait for whatever it is that you feel and hear and write that down. And then you write back to it and then wait again for what you get, write that down, write back to it. So you're having an actual written dialogue mm. with your intuition. And it's a bit different from journaling in that journaling is usually just you writing down your feelings. And it's a bit different from automatic writing in that you're directing it to a certain thing. You, um, somebody, somebody gave me a really great example the other day. They were having insomnia. They kept waking up in the middle of the night. So they would watch Netflix and read and stuff. And he wrote to his insomnia and said, why is this happening? And the insomnia said, you're welcome. And he said, no, really, like, why is this happening? And it wrote back and said, you were complaining because you didn't have enough time to catch up on Netflix and, and your books. So, you know, you, it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be a long thing. It can take five minutes. Um, but also being out in nature and grounding and, um, and finding time for yourself, being creative. Creativity is an amazing way to connect with intuition. And there's so many, there's so many different ways um, yeah. to do it. A lot of it's just self-acceptance and allowing yourself to be you. How do you, when you're, you know, you see people every day and you have, you know, when you have clients and a lot of it, the work is emotional and intuitive for you and you're using a lot of your own energy to receive a lot, right? Like you're constantly sort of listening and receiving from other people. Um, I'm curious how you keep your own energy up, keep your own health up. Um, do you have certain practices that you do daily in order to not get, um, what is, what does Sarah call it? We had a, we had a, an acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist on the show. And she says, you know, when you're constantly, um, compassion fatigue, so if you ever experience compassion fatigue, how do you kind of recharge yourself? Yeah, no, that's a really good point. It's why I only see a certain number of clients each week because I, you can burn out very easily. And even 
doing the reports, the reports take me a while before I even see the client. So there's all that tuning into my guides before that. And then during the meeting, I tune in again because we get more information. So it's, it's a pretty, can be exhausting. And then, um, you know, I'm in contact with people during the week too, just clients who write to me or whatever. So some of it is limiting that time. Um, I exercise every day. I actually um, do pole fitness and, and walk. So it's pretty vigorous, heavy duty workout. And um, I do meditate, um, you know, make sure I spend enough time with my family and just kind of chilling out. And a lot of it is from being a therapist for 30 years, you really learn your boundaries, but it's also, and I've always made a commitment to this really being aware of my own shit, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, if I feel anxiety coming up, if I feel depression coming up, because I dealt with depression for a very, very long time and it was debilitating at times, but whenever I felt my own stuff coming up, it was like, okay, what do I need to do? Deal with that. Especially when I had kids, I did not want my mental health issues affecting my kids because that was not addressed in my immediate fam- my growing up family. And it was just really being honest with myself and saying, what do I need to do, you know, to be okay. And if I need to, you know, check in with my therapist, do that. If I need to adjust my diet, if I'm, you know, one off the, you know, sugar trade or whatever it is, you know, just, just be honest and be aware and not beat myself up because that's really easy to do. But, um, just to, you know, you have to put yourself first and it's not being selfish. A lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. No, that's, that's really great. I think a lot of people can benefit from instilling those practices into their life and even just listening, right? Listening to ourselves is so important. Um, I do have a question too about your work as a medical intuitive, and I'm sure I feel like most of our listeners are probably <laughs> in tune with, you know, this whole world, but for anyone listening who's not, what is your, um, like success rate, I guess would be yeah, sure. the right, you know, but like, like you said, you can't diagnose, but you get these hits that this might be going on with your body. How often is it right on? And are there times when maybe we do miss the mark? Yeah. Well, um, consistently when clients get the reports and I talk to them, they're always like, okay, this is really weird. This is like scary weird. It's so accurate. And, um, I did, um, an, a reading for the, one of the editors at Goop and she labeled me eerily accurate. So that was cool. <laughs> but being a clinician, I really wanted some empirical data about what I do. So I did a, um, sort of a, a minor study, but it was in a journal, a peer-reviewed journal that was reviewed by a medical doctor. And we surveyed 80-something of my clients with a very, like, how much of this was accurate, how much was not. Um, that was part of it. And then we also took, um, we got permission from my clients to talk to their doctors and to send my findings to their doctors and check them against medical records. Wow. And, um, so it came back as a 97% accuracy rate with these people. So that was, it was really awesome. And, you know, there's times when I will, like, it's interesting because I get information for sometimes their loved ones as well. Mm. So it's, it's, or sometimes people they're thinking about. So that's why I go over the reports with them because, or sometimes I was doing a, a reading on a 12 year old girl and I heard teeth enamel. And I said, I thought it was like bad enamel. It was that her enamel was exceptionally good. 
So okay. there's things like that. Or every once in a while, if I'm doing a couple of readings at the same times, I'll get overlap information. That mm. So, you know, I'm not expecting 100% of the information to be accurate, but it's it's pretty darn close. Yeah, 97 is pretty close, especially yeah, yeah. when you're comparing it against actual doctors. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, that's cool. That must feel like sort of... I don't know. Does that feel like, wow, I'm actually really doing my life's work? It really does. And especially since, you know, and I've had, you're, you're always going to get detractors and you're always going to get people who want to criticize. And I've had people say, well, can't you just look up the information on, on Google or do something like that? And, um, and my, my clients are the best. They'll, if it was like a comment somewhere, they'll say, none of this information was on Google. I didn't put that I was sexually abused on Google. So, like my clients are great. You know, so this is really incredibly personal stuff that you can't look up, you know? So yeah, it is, it's, it's really amazing. I don't know how I do it, but I'm really happy that I do. So. Yeah. No, that's so beautiful. I think, I, I think because I was so scared of my intuition for so, especially because, especially as a child, it really hit me like so hard yeah. and um, it was so scary that I just was like, nope. Um, you know, I, I was also kind of afraid of talking to intuitives or, yeah, psychics exactly. or any of that. Cause like you said, I was so afraid it was going to be bad, right? Like right. I was going to get this information and they're going to tell you you're dying or your life is ending. <laughs> exactly. I, I, was, I just, I was like, nope, I'd rather, you know, right. go that route. But I was at an event and there was, um, like a tarot card reader. And, um, I just did it. Like something in me was like, go do it. And right. it, it blew my mind what they were able to know about me. And like you said, they picked up on, and it was a great reading, you know, of course they picked up on some heaviness going on in my life, but it was a really positive, great reading. And, um, but they picked up on people in my life that I was like, it, it bloomed. And that's when I was like a full believer forever. Cause I was like, uh, what you're picking up on with these other people in my environment just really blew my mind. So it definitely opened. This was just this year, which is crazy because, you know, I grew up with a woo-woo mom and right, right. my parents have been Buddhist for 30 years. Like I grew up with all those tools, but for some reason, this world still scared me because I think I was afraid of it and myself. So, um, yeah, I just would say for anybody who's afraid, don't be because it's oh. really amazing what you can learn about yourself and, and help connect you, right? Especially from a medical place. And especially if you're dealing with symptoms that you just don't know, or doctors don't know, right? It really all the time. And so many of my clients have been to so many doctors, like your experience and so many other practitioners and spent so much money. And then they're also afraid because they don't want to get let down again. They don't want to hear something else that isn't true. And I get that, you know, I, I so get it's happened to me too. So I understand. And, um, well, you know, it's like, it's interesting. I have a lot of respect for Western medicine and I obviously use it when it's necessary, but you, right. we've grown up in a culture. It's changing though. And I think there's a yeah. lot of, we talk a lot, of, there's a wonderful functional medicine doctors that are doing incredible work now that really incorporate the holistic approach yeah. to health, right? Like physical, spiritual, uh, mental, emotional, because it all does affect our physical health and compartmentalizing our body and compartmentalizing these aspects of our life just doesn't make sense because that's not how human beings are wired. Correct. And 
Um, so I think it's changing. Like I see even the way you are working with medical professionals too. I think it's really becoming more integrative, but we've been taught that like, if something feels off, you go to the doctor, the doctor knows best and the doctor, like they're also humans, right? It's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of like throwing medication and seeing what sticks. And it's like, from that, you know, we've created other sorts of epidemics with, yes, which like is another conversation for another day, but like, (laughs) you know, with the, with big pharma and all those things. And so I think, and there's like, it's not to say that there's not a place for all of that, but like also being open, like if we're so open to sort of really intense, extreme things like major surgeries or, or medication and things like that, why shouldn't we also be open to a more integrative approach or some things that perhaps you can't necessarily document scientifically, but you know, there's so much in the human body that we're just learning about our abilities. Even just the placebo effect, it's real. Yeah. So how much does our mind control our physical response? Right. And that's not, it can be woo if you look at it that way, but it's not. So, you know. And yeah, it's, it's science. Maybe just because it hasn't been um, like documented in a certain sort of like however many studies that are needed, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist yet, right? And it's just sort of like, it's interesting hearing the way, I think the way you talk about it is really, really approachable. Um, It doesn't sound, you know, I grew up with a woo-woo mom too, and I'm used to like, and I've always been open to, she had friends or psychics and, you know, and she's always, so, but like, it doesn't have to be super out there. Like it's you, you, the way you really talk about it is a practical tool that people can use to help improve their life. And everybody at the end of the day just wants to feel better if something's off and heal stuff that they maybe don't want to be carrying with them anymore. You know, it's it's my job to empower people. Like I always say, I don't want anyone to substitute my intuition for theirs. So Mm -hmm. We go over the reports together. I always check in and say, how does this feel to you? And, you know, my guides are pretty on. So where do you think they got this from? But it's my job to empower and to strengthen. And no one should have a guru other than themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just a support. So, and even with medium work, our loved ones who have passed want to communicate with you way more than they want to communicate with any medium. Mm-hmm. You know, right. we, just don't, we don't trust that we're hearing it. I always hear, well, can I really hear them? Are they really talking to me? And I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. don't second guess it. Just trust yourself. So it's really, um, that's one of the most powerful par- parts of my job is really helping to empower others. That's really cool. And I think you've really, by sharing even, you know, a portion of your story um, throughout your youth, you've really taken things, you know, your own sort of circumstances and really created good from them. And that I think is inspiring too, that like really regardless, we all have adversity, right? Like every human is going to have their stuff that they have, but like we have an option to really create something great out of it. Like you were saying like, oh, bulimia was the greatest gift. I feel that way about like having my cancer because I it totally catapulted me into this career. We wouldn't have this podcast without it. We wouldn't have our our baby courageous wellness that we love so much and the work that Erica and I are both doing now. And I'm sure she feels that way, 
you know, about her, uh, her health journey. And, um, so it's like those kinds of things can actually be real gifts. Totally. Lyme disease too. I'm recovered from Lyme. And I, from my learning that I can help other people with it. And so, you know, there's just so many things that it's really easy to get down and to feel bad and to feel like, why is this happening to me? And, and I mean, we've all done it. We've all been there. Um, but you just, even with, when I got Lyme, I'm like, I'm not going to be a patient. I'm not going to use the word Lyme. I'm not going to dwell on this. I'm not going to think about it all the time. I'm more than that. And, and I'm not going to get caught up in that. And just, it's, you are not your illness. You're not your, you know, you're so much more than that. And, and then if if you lose the purpose, then they, you kind of lose everything. Yeah. You know, so one of the questions we always ask everyone, um, is about their self-care practices. And you kind of answered that a little bit with the compassion fatigue question that we asked you earlier. So I, I kind of want to do it with like a little twist for you since, you know, you mentioned, right? Like you've struggled with depression, right? You've had, you, you recovered from eating disorders, you've had Lyme, um, and you have all these tools that you use and that help you so much and help other people. But what do you do, right? Because I think this is what happens to all of us in life when we've made so many strides forward with all these things, but then it's like, boop, (laughs) here, like depression rears its ugly head again. Or maybe, I, I don't know if it ever comes up for you, but right, like that wanting to restrict food or, you know, with eating disorders. So how do you deal with those moments where you have all these tools, but I'm sure, right, because this is life, there's always going to be moments where it feels like, well, I'm, I'm going backwards again. Even no, though. Yeah, it's always, you know, it's, especially with recovery, it's, you know, two steps forward and, and one step back. And, and the more work you do, the less that happens. But, but of course, I mean, and I think what I've tried to do my whole life is to be aware Number one, to allow my feelings to be there, to not push them down, because I think when you when you feel bad and you try and push it down, it just makes it a million times worse. And to to allow myself to make mistakes, to allow myself to not have to be perfect and to be human and not feel like because I'm a intuitive or because I'm a therapist, I should have my shit together, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. no one does all the way, and that's okay. And I just try and get back on the horse and be like, you know what, I may have had, you know, sometimes when, um, you know, you gained a few pounds and when you've had an eating disorder, it's sort of like, um, but it's okay. Or when you start to feel bad about your body for some reason, or your body changes because of menopause or whatever it is, like, it's just sort of, okay, I'm aware of that. And I may have gone down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but I'm going to get myself out and move forward. And I'm really lucky in that I have an amazing husband and two really great daughters. And so I will reach out to them be like, you know, I'm feeling really crappy or this is happening or whatever and help me get out of this. Or, you know, I really look to other people too, because it's easy to get into your own little, little bubble, like you said, you know? Um, So yeah, I just try and be aware and be honest about it and ask for help when I need it and, you know, go, use my, be like, okay, you have all these tools, like get out of that and and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really good advice. I think for anybody, um, we also ask all of our guests as we start to wrap up 
Do you have uh, a book or two over the course of your journey, and there, uh, there may be many, but that you would want to share um, that's been particularly inspirational to you or relevant in your journey? So one of my favorites from the beginning was The Road Less Traveled, and it's by M. Scott Peck, and he's young Ian. And it, this is, well, I'll just say, it. so The Red Book by Carl Jung, it's not something that you can sit down and read for a long time, but he thought that he was having a nervous breakdown because he was seeing bloody rivers and he was um, seeing sort of evil things and negativity. And he, he literally thought that he was losing his mind. And instead of checking himself into an institution, which is what you did in the you know, early 1900s, he decided that he was going to go into waking trances. And he started communicating with his own intuition and his own guides. And he created this incredibly thick, huge book. It was all in script. And he not only did, um, he not only like wrote down all of the conversations he had with all these guides and his inner, inner beings and things. He also illustrated it with these incredible watercolors from his dreams and his visions. And Again, it's not, it's, it's a little tough to read, but it's looking at the illustrations and the concept of it is so inspirational because from that came all of his theories and all mm. of his tools and things that people use now. Mm. So the message is instead of, you know, allowing yourself to feel like you're going crazy or to push down your feelings or to, to get into the depths of despair, look at it and, and right. see takes you and his family was actually afraid to even publish it and they did it after he, he died finally wow that's yeah. really interesting it's really cool it's called the red book and um but there's also um there's a book it's called um the body body keeps the score okay um, uh, i know Bessel is the first name of the author but it talks about how trauma is stored in the body that's a great one okay um and um I'm sure there's lots of others. That that, I mean, those are great. Those are yeah. great recommendations right there. Thank you. Yeah. And if, um, if anybody wants to find you or work with you, where can they find you? The easiest thing is to go to my website and it's katiebeecher.com, B-E-E-C-H-E-R. So that's the easiest thing. And I have an Instagram and Facebook and all that, but the, you can make the appointment yourself on the website. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it was my pleasure. It was really nice talking to both of you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch through our website, www.courageouswellnesspodcast.com. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.